Hey everybody, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. So today in the studio, I have with me a return guest, a good friend of mine, Mr. David Fairbanks, uh, and he is joining me today, and we are going to have a real, real conversation about relationships. How you doing, Fair? Well, how how appropriate I'm sipping tea. <laughs> it's real hot. It burnt my tongue. It was so hot. I guess it's going to get real in here. It is going to get real. So, you know, um, I invited David to come on to the podcast a while back. um, And we talked about work, you know, what he's doing with his gym and his wellness center, uh, Lions Pride Wellness Center and Lions Pride Weightlifting. And we kind of talked mental health and things like that. But it became real apparent to us as we were talking that this would be a really good format to to have some conversations about the real ins and outs about relationships across the board, you know, to give a little context, David and I met in 2008. When I started working at St. Joe's. Ugh. That's 2000, it's 2020. <laughs> it is 2020. So I, I eight or nine. 2009. 2009. 2009. Okay. So we go way back. We worked at a community mental health agency. I had been there for a little bit. David came on. Um, and that is where we kind of got to know each other. We hit it off pretty quick and in full disclosure, you know, David was the new guy. David was the cute new guy. So all, all the chicks we worked with pretty much put me on the mission to, to find out more information. Is that really how it went down? It is exactly Some of this stuff is going to be me finding it out for the first time too. (laughs) It's true. So there were just a lot of people who were like, you know, trying to get the scoop on the new guy. Um, And so, you know, that's what I did. You know, it's like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, welcome, but also kind of like, hey, you know, to be honest, people want to know what's the deal, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I kind of was sent on the mission to find out new stuff about the new guy. But it did blossom into um, this really, really close relationship. So... Um, in the course of that relationship, we have, um, had some extreme highs. We've had some extreme lows. We actually had a period of time there where we weren't talking at all for about three years. Did Mm -hmm. we decide three years? We weren't talking at all. And then we reconnected. And so this is just a little bit to talk about our story, reminisce a little bit, but talk about some of these nuances of relationships that I don't think people are talking about, not in a way where other people can hear it. And I think it's important. Uh, just it's just important. Well, and I think it's uh, I want to I want to congratulate you on on. I know a lot of the work that you did, uh, first and foremost, to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, uh, the work that I did uh, to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. That's what allows us to be able to sit here and just look back on what has been a great a great friendship to where I call you a sister uh, because we can do that because we did the work that needed to be done. So now you can look at the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, and you realize that it's, it's all for, you know, a greater picture Mm -hmm. of things. You know, that's what relationships are, the highs and the lows. You don't really get to see what, what you are with people until you go through some of those lows with them. And I mean, that was something just because that's what life is. That's something that, 
we were there for for each other uh, during some really tough periods mm-hmm. in, in both of our lives. So it, it, it's it's an honor to be able to sit here at this point because you don't get to do it with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that stuff ends up, the, the friendships and, and things, uh, those relationships, they end up being casualties at some point or another. You find out a lot of times, you know, not very many times you make it through stuff where people have just challenged each other back and forth with action, just showing over and over again, like, no, I really care about you. I care about uh, our our relationship, our friendship, and I just care about seeing you be good, you know, and then that translates into everybody being good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't, you know, we don't even really have a, a format for it. Definitely chronological is not going to work, but where I want to start is you talk about the work we've both done and mm-hmm. that, that is it, you know. It reminds me the saying, like, you know, if something is meant to be, let it go. And if it comes back, it was meant to be. I definitely feel that way about our relationship. Um, I think in our in our own way, separately and kind of slightly differently, while we were extremely close and had been with each other through some really, really tough times, I don't think our relationship was healthy mm-hmm. at a certain point. For sure. Because we weren't healthy. For sure. And so this relationship we had started to deteriorate in health because our health Mm -hmm. individually was not good. But here's the thing. And I think that's a good place to stop. I think a lot of people will take that as it's the relationship's fault first. Mm -hmm. Like you start looking at the other, which I'll take fault for doing that with you sometimes. Like, oh, no, Sean's doing this, this and this. Or she's not doing this, this and this. Probably stuff that I should have been doing for myself. Mm. Um and that's that's where a lot of times those relationships deteriorate because I'm thinking that then now you're probably thinking the same way or just feeling some kind of way because I know I'm probably treating you a different way. Mm-hmm. The all of those nonverbal cues, all that that negative energy and intuition that we kind of push aside, that's stuff that's there and is felt. And then a lot of times we just we just start to distance ourselves from people. Well, and in my case specifically, <clears throat> it became a surrogate a surrogate surrogacy surrogacy situation mm-hmm. right so you know at the time when we met i was married mm-hmm. um i remember when i got pregnant with my son mm-hmm. you know and everything you know you were always there through that process i remember being on maternity leave and bringing him to the to the to the job mm-hmm. And you held him for the first time. And like, you just had this amazement, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're good. We're good. Well, as my marriage started to really fall apart, Mm -hmm. you were there. Yeah. Um, So I'm talking not just somebody I could call and talk to, but when it's hitting the fan, (laughs) I wish you could see his face. Well, nah, you can't see my face. So, so we're talking about. Uh, the 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 organization that we used to work for, the way that our classes were set up when we taught, uh, we would generally have a couple hours in the morning where you know we would have free to you know do planning and things like that, and then we would do the bulk of our teaching in the afternoon. So we're talking about as far as holding it together, uh, like me getting a call, me being in my room, like trying to plan or acting like I'm planning something, uh, and me getting a call to go to Lashonda's room and coming into her like literally on the floor, like yeah. bawling, crying. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to teach in like forty five minutes <laughs> and helping and, me and pull it be, together and not being like the most like I, I I don't necessarily know how to deal with this stuff. Just being like um. <laughs> 
um, are you okay? What can I get you some water? Like, what, what I, can I, I do? Like, straight you know? up puking in the garbage can yeah. and helping me get through it, all the way to helping me move stuff out of yeah, my home. I remember that, you know, going with me to pick up a U haul to like pack stuff I enjoy up, driving that U haul and <laughs> <laughs> driving across town. So, I mean, <clears throat> we legit mean like one of very few people who truly helped me through that process. But what happened after that is I had suffered a major loss. Mm -hmm. So now there's this hole and it became this seamless process of me, not intentionally necessarily and not consciously, but starting to kind of slide you into that hole. Mm -hmm. So you had a rightful place as a good friend and brother in my life. But now that this other hole had been opened, now there becomes this kind of displacement of emotion and fear and all of this stuff. And so then it's like, well, I never could put words to it then, especially, but it's like your role in my life went from brother friend to like, we're going to be together all the time. So now I'm, I'm, I've moved out, I've separated. Um, and there are periods of time where I don't have my son. And so I don't want to be alone. I don't want to sit there with all those thoughts and all that stuff. So it's like, well, what am I going to do? Well, Fairbanks is cool. So we hang out. I would come to your flag Flag football football, games and do all of this stuff. And it's more and more time. So in, in part of it is because I then moved you into that spot, I wasn't feeling the necessary pain that I needed to feel that was going to lead me to do something about it. Like I'm cool. So, and I can parallel, like, kind of looking back on it, uh, and this was, you know, some of my stuff that I have to deal with. I've always been a person. I take care of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gym and my business, ultimately, um, is me understanding that, although that can be something that works to the detriment of, of me, that also is my skill. I'm really good at taking care of people. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a really good trainer and a coach. Um, so, I think part of the work that I had to do, it was probably easy for you to slide me into that space because... That's a space that I enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. I like taking care of people. So, like, when I saw there were things, like, I, not only did I see, but I, I could, I feel, I feel that. So, I felt you struggling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, the, the next best thing for me was to try to do anything that I could to help with that. So, it, whereas you were sliding that way, it was also me sliding too to where, I didn't make it hard for you to to get involved. Like I would invite you to stuff. You would come over to the house. I remember us watching the Super Bowl together one mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was, I was living at home with my mom at the time. So, and and my mom was fond of you too. So it it was seamless. Like it was no problem with you being at the house. You know, so it it all just worked together. But now thinking back to it, you can see how those two things that we both probably needed to work through they mm-hmm. just inter- intermingle. You know, it made for a situation that, that, you know, ended up having to be addressed at some point, Mm -hmm. you know. And so what we've talked about since we've reconnected, you know, so it's almost like we jump now to the end of the story or, you know, later in the story. And it's a moment where it's like, okay, anyone who knew me well knew you, Mm -hmm. you know, and the people that were close to you knew me. And so there came a point where I would talk or see people and they would say things like, yeah, so how's Fairbanks doing? And it just got to a point where it's like, I don't know. I I haven't talked to them. And, and, and no one really ever articulated. They just would look like, really? 
Like, oh. And so the only person that I actually ever talked to about it really was Lindsay. Mm -hmm. So that's another one of my really good friends from, and we're still really good friends back in the St. Joe's days. So, and she would just be like, that is so bizarre. That is so weird. Because at that point, I wasn't sure what happened. You know, I think at that point, all I knew is that things had changed and I had no real narrative for how it happened or why. I believe that, like, if you wanted to put, like, a situation on it, I think there was something that might have happened where you said something to me about something. I believe it was it was probably a thing that I needed to hear but didn't want to hear at that time. Mm. Might have even been it wasn't interpreted because it wasn't coming from the right place at that time. But it was whatever it needed to be. For me to just kind of be like, okay, where everything, the floodgates have been open. It's like, okay, I already got a lot of stress going. I don't need that stress. And then it just kind of. You know what? So even I think in the midst of that, I. (laughs) And we're going to redact all names for people's privacy. But I, this made me think of how, when I said again, I was moving into this very unhealthy surrogacy space with you and I remember one of the I feel like possibly where where the rips start you know how you get a a chink in your Mm -hmm. windshield before it's spiders and it was a new young lady who came to St. Joe's okay and if you think of the story you know when David came he was the new cute guy this was the new cute girl Mm -hmm. right and she came And it was kind of like all the guys were having, they're like, who is that? Who is that? Mm -hmm. Who is that? Um, And I remember you taking similar interest as other others in her. And, and that, that for me was just this beginning point of unraveling Mm -hmm. of just like, no, wait a minute. Anything that you said to me, like that was probably expressed in there. Um, and again, I'm sure some of what you said probably needed to be said to me at that time, but it can't, I'm sure it came out with that type of energy. Oh, it was, yeah, it was coming from this place of, hold on, (laughs) hold on, ain't nobody taking nobody else from me, right? right? right. Which is not healthy, which was not your role. And I think that, that began to be the, the place of unraveling for me. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, um, it 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 doesn't feel like it was that climatic, but we had something that there was some point, at least from my vantage point, that kind of let me know, okay, things have for real, for real change. And I think as teachers, we did a lot of planning together. We joined our classes. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. that. And we had picture day that year. Oh, man, I remember that. We I was wondering what you were going to say. picture day. I was and wondering what you were going to say. Like I do remember that. The year before, we had like taken we pictures did, yeah, together we did the and, pictures and did together. all this stuff. And then I remember. <laughs> Yo, you made. The, you blew, Okay, it's coming back to me. You blew that up so much. And so this is the difference between like sometimes I think how males and females and like interpret stuff. So you hit me with like all of the emotion (laughs) about them pictures. And and now that it's it's coming, it's like rushing back to me. And I remember just being like, the pictures, it's just like. (laughs) 
For real? Like you did not want to take a picture with me. I don't even know if you didn't want to or you were indifferent, whatever it was. But but this is the nature of relational trauma. What happens with relational trauma is so one, trauma doesn't have a timestamp. So as we experience adverse experiences, especially relationally, that stuff stays alive on our central nervous system. Mm-hmm. It doesn't become a memory. And we never know what we never know. You don't know what's going to trigger it. And when it does, the the logical, the natural thing we do is we put it in the situation or the person that's right in front of us. When oftentimes it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Now, having gone through years of doing my work. And I'm talking some really intensive mm-hmm. work. What a, a recent discovery that I have come across from my own relational trauma is that I have felt alone my whole life. I'm talking my whole life, just a very pervasive feeling of being alone, having to do it on my own, feeling abandoned, not having people there with me. And so I learned also how to caretake and I learned how to shape shift and I learned how to do whatever I needed to do to find myself in positions. And it was always with this kind of under, underlying understanding that I had to earn my keep. Mm-hmm. I had to do something. So that was my thing was the over caretake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was like, no, I, whatever you need, like I got you. Like, oh, that's not enough. Cool. What else you need? All right, cool. Got that. And that that would, again, kind of leave me in the same spot with you where I'm just like empty because a lot of times it would be doing that stuff with people who usually those are reciprocal type Mm -hmm. relationships to where it doesn't have to be totally balanced. But whatever it takes for, you know, your cup to be filled, it's fulfilling. And so I hear you saying you would do whatever you needed to do. And then I learned how to be Mm -hmm. whoever other people needed me to be. Mm -hmm. And so... When the picture thing came, what I what I can look back on now and say is it triggered abandonment. It triggered loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I I put it right there. It 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 and it was never anger towards you. Yeah. It was always what's wrong? What did I do? What do I need to do? And the thing is by this point I I had mm, if I hadn't started therapy I, it was right around this yeah. time because <clears throat> I'm talking, you know, marriage, it's pretty much over and it's inc- becoming increasingly more clear that this separation I thought was just to get things together was going to end a divorce, you know, all this stuff. But it really was the deterioration of our relationship that <coughs> sent me all the way into therapy. Well, so you- for that, yeah. I'm thankful because I don't know, because I could have continued to pretend that the pain wasn't there. But see, because I had put you in this substitution spot to stop me from feeling the pain of what was happening in my marriage, I didn't feel it. Right. But then when the relationship between you and I was no longer, I, I had no one left to put in that spot to kind of mute or distract from the pain. Mm-hmm. And that is what really propelled me into my active work of healing. So in that regard, I'm grateful that it went down like that. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, you never know uh, what's going to be the thing that finally, you know, triggers for lack of a better way to put it, but whatever finally makes you want to do the work that you need to do or whatever first and foremost makes you realize that 
okay, this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you talked about that that situation. I think I was still two and a half, three years uh, before I ended up, you know, going to see somebody to start working through, you know, some of the stuff that I needed to work through. And that was triggered because of, you know, me being about to have, have a son. Mm-hmm. So it, it just it just depends for people, you know. No, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And so, you know, we go through this period of, um, you're, and that's the thing. So you were at my wedding. Yes. Um, And so at this point, I have been actively working. Um, I am in a much healthier spot. I'm in a relationship now. I find someone who is not um, really allowing me to repeat these, these trauma responses. Well, we were still connected, too, because... Before we really, whatever happened and we fell apart, you came, we we ended up starting to go to the same church. Yeah, but that time frame, that was 2011. There was, ah, so, wow. Yeah, so, for the record, I always say, like, if it wasn't for you, I don't meet my husband. Because you introduced me to the pastor of the church. He came and spoke at our job a couple of times. I was not about the church life at that point. Nope. I was. You was trying to check in on me I, to make I, sure I'm I wasn't like, in a bad spot. I, me, God, we cool, me but the church, nah, I, I ain't messing with the church. And you kept talking about Pastor Leon. I said, oh, he was just talking. We were talking about that. And I'm rolling my eyes like, I need to check out this Pastor Leon. Mm-hmm. I just need to make sure you cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day I said to you, hey, can I go to church with you? And you like... Yeah, like, I only wanted to ask you, but I know how you are, is what you said. (laughs) And I went, and I literally never left. Like, I went, and I never left, and I'm still there now. And so, that was 2011. So, we were still loosely connected, you know. Um, And at the wedding, I remember having this moment. So, it's the best day of my life, Mm -hmm. hands down. And, but I didn't know you were there. Yeah. Because, obviously, I'm up getting Mm -hmm. dressed and doing all that stuff, we showed a video right before the reception started, before we re-entered. So I'm standing outside and I can see the guests. So I see you. So mm-hmm. I like, I know you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time we we got to tables, you were gone. And so part of me was like, did I make that up? Was he there? And Jay was like, yeah, he was there. Because, you know, he saw you come in mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I just remember feeling at that point, again, it was never anger, but it was just like, I I didn't even get a chance to see him, you know? And from there, I don't think after that point, so we're talking 2015, that's really, at that point, we didn't talk yeah. at all Well, and after it's that. even crazy how, you, how you, people can interpret things because I think I just had to leave. Like, it was, a, I, I might have, it might have been a day where I had to get Bryce or something like that mm-hmm. to where I wanted to make sure that I showed up, um, you know, to, to be there. Um, but then I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how, like, looking at it from the other side, it's like, okay, I was there. And then she looks up and I was gone. <laughs> and it, it, it just kind of was that moment. So between that and um, there's another relationship I had with someone who was in my wedding mm-hmm. that just, the relationship just, you know, with that one, it was more so... If I wasn't initiating the contact, there was no contact. Those if I wasn't yeah, if yeah. I wasn't making sure that things were happening, it wasn't happening. Now, we got to understand that marriage, I had I went and had twins. Mm-hmm. I'm in grad school. I'm doing this whole thing. 
the last thing I have time to do is maintain a relationship where someone is not putting in any effort. And it's just asking for a little bit of balance with that stuff. And those end up being uh, some of the toughest situations. Like it, it always ends up being able to still show you the work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I got to a point and <clears throat> these were, I agree. Those, these two relationships, the relationship with you and the relationship with that other person were always these touchstone points of, mm, okay, still, still work to be done. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point. My work was, it constantly was, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Well, sometimes what it did ain't I that, do a wrong? A lot of times it ain't that with them. Yeah. And, and it got to a point in my healing journey where it was like, listen, it is what it is. You know, I didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. and okay. And so that's kind of where I left it. Every now and then, Lindsay and I, when we would get together, she, that is so bizarre. Yeah. Like, I can hear her voice. Like, just <clears throat> not being able to understand or seeing people we used to work with out and about. And they, I mean, almost always, how's David? How's Fairbanks? And to be able to be like, you know, I don't really know. We don't talk anymore. And they're just like, what? And so, but come along to, um, and I, because even my pastor, he would... Every now and then check in and he'll say like, yeah, you know, I, I still text David. I reach out. I always try to make sure I just check in with him, see how he's doing and everything. And I would be like, cool. Is he good? And he's like, yeah, you know, he says he's doing pretty good. And I just kind of, I let it, mm-hmm. I let it be. And, but what I can, what I can honestly say is it never got to anger with you in this relationship. It was a sadness that it yeah. was over. But never well, and I anger. think that's how you can, I think ultimately that's how you can really, you know, as your own person, really look back at situations and relationships that you might have had and really just be able to evaluate them from a place of truth. Like, there was no need to be angry. Like, we supported each other. Like, we have always been good. Like, that's what you do for people that you care about. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though you go through those ebbs and flows in a relationship, um, you just hope that those people continue to show up for you. Um, and when they do, you you really appreciate that because you do have those situations uh, on the opposite side uh, where you talked about the other situation with, you know, people that you were, you know, really close with at times that you might not be anymore. It can go the other way where and those can be some of the hurt, more hurtful things to where you're sitting there saying truthfully, hey, I did everything that I could to be a good friend to this person and then now you see, unfortunately, damn, it was me doing a lot, you know, and this wasn't really what I thought it was. And that can't be hurtful. Though that it, it exposes some other stuff for you to continue to work through. Well, I think it is an opportunity for you to be real. Yeah. So I think the, the clear differences between these two relationships, and, and they are very similar in the sense of how close I was. This other person was there for me, mm-hmm. you know, during that same period of time and things like that. Where I came to is I began to realize that with the other relationship, I didn't miss the relationship. Mm-hmm. If I missed the relationship, I would have just reached out. Yeah. I didn't like feeling like I had been thrown away. With our relationship, I did miss the relationship. So I would reach out every now and then. Mm-hmm. And and it would be real tentative. And it, I just remember being like, oh, did your mom move? You know, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the responses that would come back or, or birthday messages. I was good for that one. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. And, and I mean, and I would get it like, hey, appreciate it. You know what I mean? But when it didn't go further, it would be like, okay, mm-hmm. 
this is still where we are. But that's how I was able to look and see that there was a difference between the two. Because if I really miss this other relationship over here, why wouldn't I just reach out and say, hey, this is how this impacted me. This is what's going on. You know, this is how I'm feeling. Is there something I don't know about? I would have made an effort. What I was able to be honest with myself with is I didn't like the feeling of being thrown away. I didn't like how it ended, but I also wasn't willing to put forth a whole lot of energy and effort to try to reconnect on the side with us though. You know, I would put out those feelers. Now, when I didn't get anything back, it would just be like, okay. And the more it happened, the more I was able to move back and be like, all right, this is this this is where we are mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, but then also, too, that's where we are. But then and just like we never know how the trauma stuff will come back up, you never know uh, how extending the olive branch from a pure place uh, kind of pushes another person through whatever they might be going through and allows things to reconnect because I I remember you reaching out um, and I'm sure I was probably still in a place where I might have still been a little bit salty about whatever had happened between us and then I'm sure there was other things going on in my life too Mm -hmm. which I think is something that we discount when we just look at everything through our own lens of like what's going on with us like Yo, they they probably got a lot of stuff they dealing <laughs> with too. Life, like right. it ain't really about like they probably not even thinking about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it it's just one of those things where I'm grateful again to be able to sit here in a space where we could look back at our relationship and say, no, there was work that I did here. Um, there was work that you did here. Um, and ultimately that was a a purity that was created with that that friendship and that relationship that makes it if you want to say worth salvaging, like it wasn't really anything to salvage. It was just that space and time that ebb and flow that we went through. And as we came through on the other side, everything reconnected just as seamlessly as you might press play for a movie to work. So, so how did we get reconnected? So we went through this period, we each had our own things going on Mm -hmm. and we each actively went into the space of doing our healing work. Mm -hmm. So how, how did we get Reconnected. We just started talking again. Like I think, I think it was a space where, like, when you do that work and you get some clarity, there's some space that's recreated. You know, for you to be able to reestablish. We could talk about reestablishing boundaries, which should be an important part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, to where obviously you were in a different space in your life, I was in a different space in my life, but there was real history there with that. Re- excuse me, with their relationship to where we had always been supportive of each other. So then you check back in with a little bit more space there. And it's like, oh, you're doing your, you're doing the business. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's what I ended up. You had started doing your business stuff a little bit before I made the big leap with mine. And it was like, wow, that's cool. Like she, she figured out her spot and how she wanted to extend the work that we always wanted to do. Because that, that was a part of the depth in the relationship, too. Like, you get to know people. Like, you know what it is that they really want to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So I appreciate it being able to look at you down the line and be like, oh, we started at St. Joe's. Now she's doing her own thing. She went back. She's become a licensed therapist. She has her own practice. Like, that's cool. And then that was around the time when... I was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we start to reconnect over that. And then, yes, the the friendship stuff that was always there, like you just press play on that because that was a that was something that was real. You know what I mean? 
I love your version. Mine is slightly different. It is? <laughs> uh-huh. it, it is it's not. Okay, I don't want to say different. Like, I no, I, I love hearing it come through your lens. I'm going to tell you what it was for me. So That's the guy at, version. That's the guy that's version. The, it's probably a little bit more summed up. Hey, I don't. We might have to do a separate podcast for this. No, it, yeah, and it wasn't okay, even. Okay, uh, it wasn't even. Okay, so like not version, but my perspective. So one thing that is, <clears throat> I would occasionally just check in, right? Not check in, but um, social media. So you know, you don't post a lot on Facebook. I don't think you really ever have. Not since like twenty sixteen. Facebook was kind of like so. Me moving from Facebook to Instagram. <clears throat> excuse me was kind of my opportunity i started with facebook when we were in college mm-hmm. so everything that went along with that i found instagram right when i was like kind of changing over into the business stuff my life was changing too okay so i just kind of like yeah natural progression so i would i would look um <coughs> excuse me I'm sorry. You're, you're all right keep your liver okay get some tea um so i um I would check, just check the page every now and then. And the first thing that struck me is I saw that you, no, you don't post on Facebook a lot, but you came on Facebook and posted that you were in a relationship. Oh, yeah. And um, if one thing that I can say. Why was that so surprising? uh, (laughs) Why did that strike you? I don't think any, well, our listeners don't all know yet. Listen, let me tell you. Uh, So it was, let's just say it was shocking. Okay. okay, that uh, not only was the fair in a relationship, but this was a Facebook, uh, Facebook, official. Facebook official relationship. <coughs> so the first thing that did for me, so I guess on, on from your perspective, you see, you check in, you see business stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's an indication of, oh man, she's doing word, blah, blah. I see you post that you in a relationship and I go, huh, oh. huh. And honestly, my first thought was, I am so intrigued. Like, I I just want to know, who is she? What is it about her? What? Who are you? What? Wait, this is this is awesome. Like, because it it wasn't just about being in a relationship that it just meant a lot because of the places you used to be in life and the very, very, very intimate details I knew about that. And so that was my first intrigue. And then, of course, I had Lindsay be like, did you see that? And I'm like, I did see that. And so there was that. Um, and I don't know time frame or, you know, I won't put you on the spot and get you in trouble by asking you when that was. But I do remember time passed and I got a text message. And the text message said something like, hey, sis, like, can we connect and talk? I have some explaining to do or about what happened or tell you my story or something like that. Oh, okay. You don't remember that text? Um, Slightly, I do. Can you go more into the conversation? Because I had put that out of my memory. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I legit got a text. Hey, sis. Um, where we go? Well, before I can even get to where we went, I have to go with the fact that at <coughs> this point, your number is not in my phone anymore. 
I see the text message, but I know the number. Okay. You know, I'm not going to forget oh, it. Oh, man, you took my number out your phone. Well, you remember the kind of phones we had? <laughs> that phones I, I had? remember the kind of phones you had. Exactly. Well, well they, thank you. I had not made it over to the smartphone. <laughs> the Kyocera. Yeah. The, listen, the flip phone. So it wasn't even really that intentional. <laughs> um, but if I'm honest, probably. Yeah. Because for me, I had to have that distance. I hate right? when you erase a number and you still remember it. I know, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm so I, I'm making a good spin on that. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I took you out my phone. But I got it. And when I realized that it was you, I cried. Yeah. And it was it was like a homecoming. It was like a... I do remember whoa. that. I do remember that, yes. Like, yeah. and it was so impactful for me, which I was able to share with my husband, with Lindsay, with people who I talked about (coughs) the journey and the pain through our relationship is that my life had been characterized by, I had to make amends. And if some, if someone was mad, if I got mad at someone for an injustice they did to me, and then they got mad at me for being mad at them, I had to go fix it. So my whole life had been, if anything was going to be repaired, I had to be the active person doing it. Mm -hmm. So there was just something about receiving this text message that said, I'm reaching out to reconnect with you. That really was powerful for me in a healing way that essentially helped me to understand that when I just sit in the inherent value that I have and inherent worth that I have, those who can appreciate it, we can be connected. Yeah. I don't have to prove my worth to someone. I don't have to beg someone to be in relationship with me. So that was, it was more deep of what that text message did. But we ended up going to Outback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we went we to are. Outback. There it is. It's in there. Uh-huh. It's we in went there. to Outback. You had to talk about the food. That, that oh. As soon as you said Outback, I'm like, oh, I see a There's sitting right the food, there. Yeah, huh? <laughs> right there. All right. We in there. For the record, we both got our significant other's meals to go and we swapped them. We did. By mistake. My bad. He did not get his steak. Um, <laughs> I I you did. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, and then from there. You know, we got together and like you said, we were able to kind of let's not act like this didn't happen, but we didn't have to spend months there. You know what I mean? Because there wasn't it was really just kind of like more to sweep things away. Like there was no like, oh, well, you remember this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have to have that type of conversation. It was just like, hey, that was kind of the final check in of. Ah, you've done your work. Mm -hmm. I've done my work. Like, ah, sis, like we meet again mm-hmm. at a new space in but still the same space. people same yeah. like and that's been the cool thing about all of it you 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 have you go through this maturation process uh but then you get to look back and you know look in the mirror and it's like no still look the same i still feel the same i still am the same person you know there's just been experiences that have been that i've been able to allow to mold to mold me into who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's what we did at Outback that night. We just kind of checked back in with each other. I'm still the same goofy, goofy day that you used <laughs> yeah. to work with at St. Joe's. And you still Shonda. You that's know? it. And one of the most striking things for me about that that showed me that we had both grown is there were boundaries. There mm-hmm. came a certain point. And it's like, yo, <coughs> we could sit here and talk for the next three days, mm-hmm. but we got people to get yeah, home gotta, to. Gotta, gotta get home. We gotta. We got people. We gotta get home yep. to. Gotta get home. And and for me, that was a that was a sign for me. I sat there and um, I wasn't over. I wasn't trying to overindulge. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the hoarder mentality. 
I gotta, I gotta do this right now, or we're not gonna reconnect. Oh but my God! It was also something too to where you know we had the conversation that night, and then now we've been able to have conversations to where it's like, hey, let's set a goal for ourselves as two entrepreneurs that are now collaborating together. Let's collaborate on our seminar or our workshop, and let's make that a long weekend for us and our significant others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To where it's like. That's a cool ass way that this thing, because we always have fun together. Absolutely. That's why I want you to come to my flag games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we all, or whether it was sitting there watching the Super Bowl, like we yeah. always have fun together, laughing, talking, joking, and then it's like now, even though we have families, it's like no, that's that's a part of it. Like yeah. let's put it together to where everybody can be a part of that experience. Absolutely, so it's, it's a beautiful day. It is. So you know. I if, if people are like people like stories, I am a storyteller and things like that. So, you know, I think people can benefit just listening to the story we shared and kind of gleaning their own things from it. Mm-hmm. But if you had to give the listeners one, two, three things that you can look at our relationship and say, here are some takeaways here. Here's some words of wisdom that you would like to give people regarding relationship. What would you say? I really think um, the thing that ha- has helped me the most, and I think it's the thing that helped us be able to reconnect, you know, you, we could both look at ourselves in the mirror um, and, you know, I'll speak for myself on this one, but I know I could look at myself, <clears throat> look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know, I really cared about LaShonda as a friend and as a person. And I feel like my actions always showed that. And I think if we can, if we continue to do that um, or try to do that, at least in every aspect of our lives, it makes it much easier to evaluate things. You know, either I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I'm not. Period. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. So that that would be my big thing, I think. Just just trying to live in, in truth, whatever your truth is. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that truth is nasty and ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, it's good, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we give a lot of credence to the nasty and the ugly stuff, but then sometimes we don't necessarily look at ourselves for how good we are and how much we actually have to offer. And sometimes that very much keeps us from being able to have those type of meaningful, meaningful relationships um, that we should, that we should be having. Cause nobody's, nobody's being challenged to be any better. Yeah. You know, we're just kind of meeting each other where we are and, Trying to keep the peace. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think a big takeaway um, wisdom that I offer is relational trauma is a very, very, very real thing. Mm -hmm. And when a person is struggling in their relationship or ships, the tendency is to blame the other person first. You know, this outward looking Or for some people, especially people who have very significant shame binds, they blame themselves first. So there is no accountability to both people being in the relationship Mm -hmm. and there is no rightful assignment of responsibility for what's happening. But I think the major thing that I would say is it probably has nothing to do with the person you're in a relationship with. And it has so much to do with the relational trauma that you've experienced kind of the the what's what this relationship and that person is triggering and the unaddressed wounds and trauma that you have from your childhood your families of origin and all of that i mean we could fill up episodes of podcasts talking about kind of how we've come to learn of our relational trauma from our parents and our families of origin, our upbringing, our relationships, all that stuff. But the key is 
we started triggering some things for each other. We did our work and now we're able to reunite in a way that's so powerful, so strong. It's you a know. story. It becomes a story when you when you really do the work instead of it just being some experience that you've had. It becomes a full fledged story that can serve as something that would be beneficial for other people. Like it, it's it's a kind of a shining light of like, hey, probably sounds similar to something you've gone through. Yes, it's it feels bad, but it you can get through it. Mm-hmm. And because we were in a healthier space when we re- re- reunited, we got to be who we are. And that did not cause any trouble in our relationships with our significant others. No, it didn't. Right? So some people get back into relationships they had, and then it's causing trouble in their relationship with their significant others. And what that is, is that's relational trauma too. It could be your partners. Mm-hmm. Because that's triggering something. They're feeling abandoned. They're doing that. Or you're still misassigning the role of this person that then just came back in your life. But because I knew who I was, <coughs> I was solid in who I am. My husband knows who I am. And we know who we are. He was probably one of the most happy people for me when I got that text message. He cried too. Well, and here's the thing. I very much appreciate that in this day and time because I am telling you, it is hard to find people um, who who say that they care about you and show that consistently. And regardless of what the situation is, there are a lot of times that things cause for those type of relationships to not be able to continue. Mm-hmm. One being when friendships ultimately male and female friendships when one or the other person or both people get into other relationships. There are things that you have to be able to work through there where just like you said, if I'm strong and stable and confident in who I am and the truth that I'm living, then no, either there is something there that I need to work on or no, this is a friendship that's not only beneficial to me, but then it's a a, a friendship that's beneficial to my partner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Just like I want to be there as a friend to Jay and and I hope that there's things that we can collaborate on. Mm -hmm. I know that there's things that when you and and Aaron get a chance to talk a little bit more, there will be things that should be like, oh, okay. Like, and you guys will be able to have those type of conversations. Mm -hmm. That's, that's when it really becomes a force to be reckoned with. And our kids. And then our kids. You know what I mean? Our kids get to see modeled healthy relationships and they get to, you know, grow up, have each other. And so it is a truly beautiful thing to be able to create community um, even when there were rifts. So in addition to just knowing we were going to have a good time doing this, my goal for this episode of the podcast is just to one, be real um, about relationships You know, you'd be like, oh, we've been friends for 12 years, but that don't tell the story, (laughs) right? That does not give you the complete story. And as people are taking our our workshop and they're seeing how we work together, they're going to create a story in their mind about how this all works. And we're like, nah, man, this is this is how it works. Well, and the part of that, too, when you talk about living your truth, you know, you we wear um the successes that we've had within our relationship as far as how we've been able to to treat each other and be there for each other. But then you also wear those scars Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you as a badge of honor to where it's like, nah, this was something that we went went through, mm-hmm. not around. Mm-hmm. We went right through it, mm-hmm. and that's something to be admired because you just you just know a lot of people they go right around that stuff, Absolutely. and sometimes just walk circles around it. <laughs> Absolutely. So. so yeah. So once again, I thank you for coming, sharing your truth, being here, being part of the LOL family. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, sister. No problem. Reunited and it feels so good. That is David. So to my listeners, (laughs) I genuinely appreciate you all for tuning in to this episode of Labors of Love. If you need more information about Labors of Love or me, please go to my website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. We're on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget we got a YouTube channel out there. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to rate, review, and share, comment on the podcast. I'm going to get that down one day. Y'all take care of the podcast. Let people know we got good content and great guests. Until we connect again, be well.